Yes, this is um, a big problem. It's been a problem for a long time, for many, many years, in fact. But I think what has brought the situation to the fore is the fact that we've recently had an intern who died after um, we presume that she fell asleep behind the wheel of her car on the way home after um, after a very, very long shift. Um, and that, is, uh, that has brought the issues to the fore once again. And... How many hours should a state doctor work ideally per week in order to avoid some of the dangers that you point out? Okay, well, look, at the moment, interns are contracted to an 80-hour working week, which if we just put that into context, that is uh, 10 eight-hour working days per week, um, where you and I will work uh, on average five. So that doesn't give them much time for recuperation or for rest or, uh, or for anything else. And then they're working shifts. Um, allegedly, um, the, the Health Professions Council and the Department of Health says that they're not supposed to be working shifts of longer than 30 hours. But 30 hours in its own right is an enormously long period of time, if you think about it. Mm. Um, and a lot of them are working m- much longer than 30 hours. Even though they're not supposed to, they are working 36 hours um, and more. And um, these people are, by the end of a 36-hour shift, you can imagine they are walking zombies. Um, And what they are potentially doing to themselves in terms of safety, uh, one can just imagine. And the other thing is what they're doing in terms of of patient care um, is another very, very uh, frightening um, situation to contemplate. Have there been any mishaps that you are aware of as a result of this fatigue? Well, look, there's a lot of evidence out there. I don't think that we've got a lot of South African um, evidence, but that's simply because um, we haven't gathered the evidence. You know, doing research is fairly expensive, and I think that um, especially in our current climate, um, funding um, is difficult to come by to do this kind of research. But if we look to the international community, there is an enormous amount of, um, of published research in very reputable international journals telling us that um, that fatigue is extremely bad for healthcare, and the error rate in medicine um, is, believe it or not, a million times greater than what the error rate is in the aviation industry. Uh, now, uh, the aviation industry take uh, take health and safety very seriously for obvious reasons. Whenever an airplane falls out of the sky, it causes uh, pandemonium mm. um, to the international media. Um, you know, whereas, you know, if a couple of patients quietly die along the way or if uh, you know, an occasional doctor um, dies along the way, then um, nobody really notices because we've got no system um, by which to track or report these events. Um, you know, if I just give you an example, um, in the British Medical Journal just this year, I think in April this year, um, they're reporting that the, the third leading cause of death in the United States, this is overall leading cause of death, is medical error, only beaten by cancer and heart disease. That's a quarter of a million people die every year in the United States as a result of medical error. Um, the British have reported um, similar figures, which are very, very scary. Uh, in one year alone, 3,000 deaths due to, mer- to medical error, um, over 700,000 um, incidents of patient safety reported. Um, and it's because of things like that that the, that the UK brought in the European Work Time Directive to limit working hours for junior doctors to 48 hours a week um, because of these very facts. So we know exactly what's going on. Um, we don't have 
the exact figures for South Africa in terms of in terms of error. But globally, we do know that it is a catastrophic problem, actually. And just finally, Dr. Ruiz, is the Department of Health and the Health Professions Council of South Africa, are they aware of these irregular working conditions? Well, they are the people that are actually saying that this is okay. Um, we had a very senior member of the Department of Health write a uh, letter recently to the newspaper saying that saying that these uh, that they are complying with the rules and regulations. Well, firstly, those rules and regulations are not being complied with, is the first thing to say. But the second thing to say is that you cannot defend an immoral and dangerous system um, by invoking morally and scientifically indefensible rules and regulations. You know, in that case, we could have defended the apartheid system simply by invoking the apartheid legislation, whereas the, the fundamental problem was the legislation itself. Now, you know, one has got to ask, where did the Health Professions Council come up with an 80-hour working week and 30-hour working shifts? You know, I, I, would, I, would, I suppose it is dangerous to uh, say this, but I would suspect that there must have been some collusion along the line between the Department of Health and uh, the Health Professions Council, because uh, to me it seems that these regulations have been written in order for um, the government to keep the wheels turning and not to look after the workers. Um, you know, there, is, there, is, there is not a shred of scientific evidence, and I would challenge the Department and the Health Professions Council um, to to show what risk analysis has been done in making people work these long hours, and where's the scientific evidence? You know, after all, um, as doctors, we are scientists, and as scientists, we are expected. There's an ethical obligation on us to pursue evidence-based practice. And so what we need to do is we need to ask for the evidence. Where's the evidence to say that, 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 that this is safe, and this is okay, um, that we're not burning out people and that we're not causing harm. Um, and then talking about that, we, we, we come to the next point, which is um, if we're doing harm, then that is in contravention to the Hippocratic Oath. because the oh, We lost Dr. Ruiz there, uh, but that was a member of the medical profession, a concerned citizen, Dr. John Ruiz, highlighting uh, the issue of um, oh, dangerous working conditions, arduous long uh, shifts under which uh, junior doctors have to work. And to respond to this, we're joined on the line now by Dr. Terence Carter from the Department of Health. Dr. Carter, thank you so much for your time. Um, how do you respond to Dr. Lewis's claims? Well, let me first say that uh, obviously we are concerned and we express our condolences with the family of the intern from Powell Hospital who died. However, and, and we're also concerned about the working hours of junior doctors. And in fact, uh, between the Department of Health and the Department of the uh, Health Professions Council of South Africa, the chairperson of the intern committee, we are in fact at the moment in the process of reviewing the number of hours, continuous hours that uh, interns work. Uh, having said that, there are a number of um, statements made by Dr. Ruiz that are not absolutely correct that needs to be placed into context. Uh, so the first, first is that interns are not contracted to work 80 hours uh, a week. Um, uh, or alternatively, um, uh, uh, 80 hours uh, of overtime per month. In fact, they are contracted to work uh, 56 uh, to 60 hours a week, uh, which gives you um, uh, 16 hours of overtime per week. Uh, 
Um, what the intern handbook says, uh, so the intern handbook gives guidelines of the number of hours that interns can work. And the intern handbook says that interns may not work in excess of 80 hours overtime per month. Now, um, one needs to recognize that, in fact, another statement which Dr. Ruiz made, which is incorrect, is that uh, the health profession uh, and the Department of Health has been insensitive to the number of hours that the interns work. Uh, the, the, the reality is that traditionally, and many years ago, in fact, interns used to work many, many more hours than the number of inter- hours that interns work currently. So as an example, when I was an intern, uh, if I did a weekend shift, I would leave home on a Friday morning, work Friday night, through Saturday, Saturday night, through Sunday and Sunday night, and uh, I was then married. My wife would only see me uh, on Monday afternoon. So that was um, what interns were expected to do years ago, and as Dr. Ruhr says, during apartheid. But so was fact, that right, Dr. Carter? And is that was that right? And is that no, correct to do that today? We, no, absolutely. We, we absolutely agree that that was not right. And in fact, we also agree that to expect interns to work in excess of the number of hours that is morally safe is also not right. And that is exactly the reason why we agree that uh, the number of hours that interns work has to be reviewed and in the process of doing that. Another statement made by Dr. Lewis is that uh, the, about the scientific evidence that working long hours is detrimental and creates and increases the risk of mistakes. That is absolutely correct and true, and there is scientific evidence to that effect. So how is this so, matter going to be resolved? Well, uh, we already have discussed it quite in depth at the level of the intern committee of the Health Professions Council, and the Workforce Unit of the National Department of Health. Now, obviously, the proposal that comes out of this process has to be taken to the Medical and Dental Board of the Health Professions Council and the National Health Council of the National Health Department for a decision. So uh, once a final conclusion has been made, we will make that known both to interns and to the general public because we are uh, equally concerned about uh, the uh, medical legal litigation, the adverse events, and things that can possibly go wrong. Now, there are many, many causes of why things go wrong in in a health system, in a health department, Mm. in hospitals. 